Hey, and welcome to Dictator for a Day. The podcast where we'd never propose having an actual dictator. I am Dennis Dean, and I am not a dictator for a day. It's more like imagining what you'd do if you won the lottery. What would you do if you were, in fact, dictator for a day? Hello, Sounder. How you doing? Pretty good, boss. How you been? Not bad. Not bad. A little worried, though. Um, a lot of stand-up comics in this world are out of jobs. And yet, a week and a half ago, Joe Biden comes out and he says, The economy will collapse under the GOP. That probably got him some laughs. Yeah, from all over the country. I mean, Joe, inflation's already out of control. Where were you the four years before you took office? And where in the world have you been for the past two years that you've been in office? I mean, you can see inflation at the gas pumps. His picture's on a lot of pumps. Yes, it is. And in the price of food, along with just about everything else. Even the dollar stores, where everything used to be a dollar, is now a dollar and a quarter. Except the FJB stickers. I understand those are free, or at least just nothing more than 50 cents. Sounder. Sorry, boss. But enough about inflation. Today... We're talking about crime. Too much of that. That's gone up along with prices. Yeah, but not because of prices. But crime is consistently, along with inflation, among the top concerns of Americans right now in poll after poll after poll. Most Americans, anyone with two brain cells, are tired of worrying about who's woke and who's not. They're far more interested in making sure they don't get mugged or murdered when they go to work or go shopping. Now, what I'm talking about here is the defund police movement that gained so much traction in the wake of George Floyd's death. In the summer of 2020, strongly led by Black Lives Movement and Antifa, neighborhoods were looted and burned, government buildings, police stations, and police were attacked, and police told to stand down. Most news media labeled the riots peaceful protests. Mike stand here behind me where you can see those burning buildings are the mostly peaceful riot protests. Democrats said, It's simply citizens exercising their right to free speech and peaceful protest. Across the country, city governments, run by Democrats, began responding to woke mandates to defund police by reducing police budgets. The idea was to use the money for social programs that were supposed to stem crime. If we're nice to the criminals, they'll be nice to us. Yeah, how's that working out? Now, on top of defunding the police, you've got George Soros-funded prosecutors who won't prosecute. Uh, Mr. District Attorney, this guy was slapping around a little old lady. Yeah, well, that doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, he just knifed her. Still. You have no bail or zero-dollar bail laws that put offenders back on the street within hours of their arrests. Good evening, sir. I hope you've enjoyed the hospitality of our jail for the past hour. Please fill out the customer service questionnaire on the way out. And come back and visit us soon. Oh, yeah, dude. Pretty sure I'll be back. Come again. See you next time. See you next time. In California, the Yolo County District Attorney says 70% of those released on $0 bail commit new crimes, including murder. So here's the result of all this nonsense. The defund the police movement doesn't work. Oh, there's a surprise. Police department budgets were reduced. Cops were laid off. Police officers knew they weren't appreciated. Police officers nationwide began resigning and taking early retirements. Police recruitment programs suffered, and so did communities. Another shocker. Because crime is running rampant. The National Police Support Fund reports, quoting, While anti-police advocates like to say that defunding measures don't have an impact on violent crime, the statistics clearly tell a different story. 
In Minneapolis, homicides increased by 60% in 2020, with many of the crimes left unsolved because there are fewer police detectives and other resources to work the cases. Things have gotten so bad that the city's residents are filing a lawsuit against the city council to restore police funding. Now, that was two years ago. Fast forward to today, it's far worse. Fox News Digital examined crime data from Baltimore, Chicago, L.A., New York City, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and found violent crime up 5 to 40 percent compared to a year ago. Worse in Seattle, which claims it backed off defunding police, but has moved police money for some services to other departments. Kind of like the old piano of the shell trick. Very much so. So in Seattle, violent crime has gone up 23 percent. But homicides are up by more than 54% and shootings up 82%. Wow. Nationwide, we really don't even know how bad it is. New FBI national crime data was just released with gaping holes in it. 40% of all law enforcement agencies didn't submit any data. Boss, you could drive a truck through those holes. Yeah. Some of the holes included cities like New York and Los Angeles. So who defunded? Well, Minneapolis, which became known as the epicenter of the defund the police movement after Black Lives Matter protests and nonstop rioting after the death of George Floyd. Also on the defund police bandwagon, New York City, Chicago and Cook County, Illinois, Portland, Oregon, Austin, Texas, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, Philadelphia... The list goes on. The regular clown train. All cities run by Democrats. The American Police Officers Alliance put it bluntly. Democrat politicians are destroying their cities and enabling extremist anarchists. In an emergency, dial 911. But what if no one answers? Or you're told it's going to be 15 minutes, an hour, three hours before police can get to you. That might be okay if your life isn't in danger. But if the wolf is at the door, it's an entirely different story. If police in your community are taking too long to respond to your 911 call today, sadly, that may not come as a surprise. That's what happens when you defund police. And if you're in a community where police can still get to you quickly, consider yourselves fortunate. It's not because police don't want to get to you. Police departments are filled with men and women who revere the motto, protect and serve. They're cops. That's what they do. But they can't do it without support. I think I hear an analogy coming. You do. You wouldn't hire a ditch digger and tell him, don't dig that ditch. You wouldn't hire a plumber and say, oh, don't fix that leak. And while you're at it, leave the toilet clogged. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't call 911 when your house is on fire and then fire half the firefighters who show up to save your home. You wouldn't show up in the hospital for life-saving surgery and sit up on the operating table and then fire your surgeon. No, you probably wouldn't. So why in God's name would you have a police department and tell them not to enforce the law? That doesn't make any sense. That, in essence, is what's happening today with all the defund police movements that have taken place over the past two or three years, and with all the prosecutors that refuse to prosecute, and with all the bail laws that put criminals back on the street within hours of their arrests, and all the judges that either sentence too lightly or are hamstrung by woke sentencing guidelines that don't keep criminals in jail. Wow. Now, cops are in the trenches. They're the ones putting their lives on the line. Under the current situation, which Democrats can proudly own, police feel as though no one has their backs. Police staffing is at an all-time low across the country. Police suicides are rising. People are afraid, with crime at everyone's doorstep. 
because criminals are running rampant. These crooks aren't afraid of authority anymore because there is no authority. They're mugging people in broad daylight. Sometimes they're outright killing them. And the nation is tired of it. Very tired of it. And so are the police. Because the police aren't our enemy. If we're to be a civilized society, we have to protect ourselves from the dregs of society. And that's why we have police. If I were a dictator for a day... What would you do, boss? If I were a dictator for a day, my edict would be to impose a no-stand-down law for police. In essence, a blanket law that tells police officers, we got your back. You don't need to stand down from crime, even when your superiors and politicians tell you to. When I started outlining this podcast, I was thinking, well, half the states in the country have a stand-your-ground law, which essentially means if you've got the legal right to be somewhere, you don't have to retreat if somebody's threatening your life, and you can use deadly force if your life or someone else is in danger. Now, while I'm not a lawyer... Thank heavens for that. Yeah. My idea for a no-stand-down law might work better if it was based on something like an implied warranty. What's an implied warranty? Well, implied warranties are pretty simple, Sonder. When you buy something, you expect it to work as the thing that it is. In other words, if you buy a broom and it doesn't sweep, you get your money back. Oh, buy a ball and it doesn't bounce? It's refund time. Yeah, basically. Local governments are collecting taxes to provide services to their citizens. They're funding police departments and a court system, but the systems aren't working because they, they pulled back on them. They basically neutered them. So it's like a fake broom. It doesn't sweep at all. But here, we'll, we'll still sell you the broom. And if you, <laughs> and if you don't pay the taxes for the broom, we'll seize your property. There's an implied warranty there. And they're not honoring it. I think every American has the right to expect police protection and the right to expect communities not to back off the idea of enforcing the law. You can't neuter the police department. You need to let cops be cops. Let them run toward the danger. You can't second-guess them. And when they arrest someone for a violent crime, that person needs to be kept in jail or required to postpone on like a first offense so they've got some skin in the game and maybe won't go right back out and reoffend. If they've got a violent history, maybe there is no bail. You can't keep putting them back on the streets. New York City went from being the nation's crime capital to one of the safest cities in the country in the 1990s by cracking down on crime. What an idea! Yeah, not just letting crime run rampant. The city had its cops' backs. Criminals expected to be arrested and jailed for committing crimes, so fewer crimes were committed. Sounds like a really simple idea to me. Yeah, well, it is. Today, the criminals know they can commit crimes with impunity. It's like a sale on crime for lowlifes. Hey, as long as you're mugging that guy, you might as well beat him up or stabbing because the penalty is the same. Nothing. You'll be hot in an hour. It's like a twofer sale on crime. And police are discouraged. I mean, horribly discouraged. Because they feel they're just pushing criminals into a revolving door. They go in one side and come out the other. So that's what I'd do as dictator for a day. I'd issue a no-stand-down edict to police. I mentioned this on my last podcast. The Justice Department has opened an investigation into the City of Phoenix Police Department over the use of force, including deadly force, and to find out if other laws are being violated. It's a method by which the feds can tell Phoenix PD how they should be enforcing the law. Other cities are also being investigated, but the one thing that worries me about this type of investigation is, is it really to find out if cops are using too much force, or is it just 
a way for a woke administration to do an end run around local rule and extend its tentacles into more nooks and crannies they don't belong in. Yay! Yeah, basically. Bottom line, we're constantly telling police how to enforce the law. Maybe we should stop telling them how to enforce it and just tell them to enforce it. No stand down could give police the confidence to get back to the business of fighting crime and being police officers instead of fighting their own city halls, and in this case, the Biden administration. Now, and this is important. I'm less than boss. The no stand down law would also include an absolute right for citizens to sue their governments when they find too much interference with police departments. Now, this would return some measure of civilian control over police to taxpayers by balancing the control municipal governments, politicians have, with that of the real people who ought to be in charge, the taxpayers. It would put the public back in the driver's seat, at least giving them some very legal say in what else was going on in that department. Great idea, boss. Thank you. A no-stand-down law would not absolve police officers of acting illegally. Police would still be held liable for breaking the law. And this is have to be coupled with a couple of other laws that require prosecutors to prosecute, that get rid of zero bail or no cash bail laws, and that have stricter sentencing guidelines or stricting sentences, period, for judges so that the criminals stay in jail, at least for a while. But the law would return the benefit of the doubt to honest cops just trying to protect us. And isn't that what we all really want? That's what I want. Yeah, because if we don't, pretty soon... We won't have any police to protect us. That'll be a sorry situation. Yeah. And then, what will you do? But listen, we got to go. For more of these podcasts and our written column, please subscribe to dictatorforaday.substack.com. That's dictatorforaday.substack.com. And tell your friends. Tip, the podcasts are more fun. I am Dennis Dean, and I am not a dictator for a day. Hmm. Where'd my field cap and cigar go? Dictator for a Day is sponsored in part by StoryVisionVideo.com. Copyright 2022, Dennis W. Dean. That's me. All rights, but please feel free to spread the word. And thanks for listening.